appreciate your presence very much. Appreciated the message by uh, Brother Britt this morning, and uh, I think you'll find that it uh, sets us up nicely for this afternoon. He talked about making uh, good decisions and, and how to make a good decision. Uh, I'm going to talk about the topic of being established, and I think making good decisions goes such a long ways in helping you to be established. And so I think that that sermon sets this up very nicely as, as we move forward. We talked about, uh, as, as Brother Zane and Brother Sean have been leading some teacher training, uh, the first uh, couple nights of that, we kind of talked about how to generate topics and things of that nature and, and just, just how do you decide what you're going to talk about. And, and sometimes just in your reading of the Word, something just starts to stand out to you over and over and over again. And such is the case with this topic has just been reading in the Word. The Word established just kept on popping up for some reason or another. And I started to think about what does established mean and what exactly is its context and how does it fit in to the Christian walk and the Christian faith. And so if you think about the Word established, its meaning uh, is to make solid or make firm, to strengthen, to receive strength, or to make strong. So established all has to do with strength. And being strong as a Christian and having a strong faith and a strong uh, desire to serve God. And as, as Brother Britt talked about this morning in making good decisions, that the more good decisions you make, the stronger you're going to become. You're just going to get stronger and stronger. And as you make more good decisions, it's going to be easier to make uh, future decisions that are, that are solid and strong as well. As I think about established, I have to think about it in terms of, of its agricultural context. People have been planting wheat recently, and they want to establish a stand of wheat. And you'll hear farmers all the time talk about that. They'll get a stand established, no matter what crop that they're trying to plant. Because once that crop is established, it can endure some hardships. Until it is established, it's going to have a very difficult time going through those hardships. If you think about the parable of the sower that we find and, and read about in Matthew the 13th chapter, it, it sets that up so nicely. It talks about the fact that a sower went forth to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it or took it up. He says that some seed fell among stony places and because it lacked root, and you'll hear the word root over and over and over as we study today, it lacked root. It wasn't established. It says that it withered away. And then it says some seed fell in thorns and the thorns came up and choked it out. It, it kept it from getting established. It wasn't able to, to become strong, to become firm. And then he says some fell on good ground and it brought forth a hundredfold or sixtyfold or thirtyfold. And that's what we're looking for, that good ground and thinking about that. And so we are no different than a plant, folks. We're no different. God likens us to plants over and over and over in his examples in scripture. And we're just like those plants. If we fall on the wayside or we, we don't uh, take the time to cultivate that soil of our heart and of our soul and make it good ground and the word or the seed falls into, into the wayside there, we're not going to become established. We're not going to get solid. We're not going to become firm in our faith or strong. We're not going to receive the strength 
that the word can provide because we're not established. We don't have root. And when that root sets in, roots grow in two different ways. You have a tap root that goes down. And that root is what's going to go down and find the moisture and find the nutrients. But there are also roots that go out to the side, feeler roots. And those roots are going to soak up that shallow uh, moisture that it can get and any nutrients that it can get. But plants have to have both. They have to have both. And we need to be in the Word and let our, our souls soak up those very shallow nutrients from the Word that are provided, that are simple, that are easy to understand, while that taproot grows down and becomes solid and established and makes us strong, where we're not going to blow over with the wind, where we're not going to be tossed to and fro, where we're going to be there and be established. The Bible talks about establishment with several different words. And I want to look at the association that the Bible places on it, being established with these different core concepts of Christianity. First of all, the Bible tells us that we must be established with grace. That for us to have that strong root system, for us to be grounded and settled and not easily shaken or moved about, that we've got to have grace. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 9, it says, Be not carried away, or be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. That's just different and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. He said it's a good thing that your heart can be established with grace. Not going after these different doctrines. Looking to the Word and what's true in the Word and being established within that, that's a good thing. So how are we established in grace? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10, Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. This can be somewhat of a difficult verse to understand. It almost seems like Paul's giving us a double talk for just a minute. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. He says, but I did labor, and I labored more abundantly. He says, I worked. You know, we have this concept in our minds and in the religious world that the term grace and the term works are at odds with one another. And we'll read a verse in a moment that says that we're saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we take that verse and we put those two things at odds with one another. They're not at odds with one another. They're at odds with one another when we think about the terms of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. How the Old Covenant was set up in such a way that you had to perform works perfectly in order to obtain uh, forgiveness of sins or, or not tr true forgiveness but a rolling back of sins it took uh, an abundance of works and for you to be sin free took an abundance of works and then Christ comes along and he says I've paid the debt I've paid the price and that's grace that's salvation by grace and we want to put the things at odds and say well I don't have to work if I'm saved by grace I don't have to work Paul takes this and wraps it up nicely in, in what can be somewhat of a confusing verse, but when we break it down and look at it, it's not that confusing at all. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. What is the grace of God? 
We have to have an understanding of what the grace of God is. It's not a difficult thing to understand. The grace of God is the fact that, number one, he sent his son to this earth. He sent Jesus. God didn't have to do that. You didn't do anything to earn that. God made the decision to send his son. We, we don't have any right to that. But he sent him anyway. Number two, that Jesus lived perfectly and died for our sins on the cross. You didn't do anything to deserve that. I didn't do anything to deserve that. We spend some time each Lord's Day coming around the table to remember that, to reflect upon that, to understand that we don't deserve that sacrifice. That's the grace of God. And number three, he made a way for you and I to come in contact with that grace. For you and I to obtain the blood of Jesus covering our sins and making us look pure and whole and complete to God. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are buried with him in baptism like Britt talked about this morning. That we could be resurrected anew. That our sins could be gone. Gone. Disappeared completely. I don't deserve that right. You don't deserve that right. But God made a way for it to be possible. Those three things in tandem are the grace of God. That God sent his son, that Jesus died, and that he was buried and that he rose again, and that we have a form of that doctrine that we can obey and have our sins washed away. That's grace. And Paul says that by that grace... By the gospel of Jesus Christ, by him making salvation possible, he says, I am what I am. Amen. All of us here today can say the same thing. We are what we are because of the grace of God, that being God sent his son, Jesus died on the cross, and we can obey the gospel and be saved. That makes us who we are. Nothing that we've done to earn that or deserve that, but he's made it possible. Paul says, but. He says, his grace wasn't bestowed on me in vain because once he gave me that grace, he says, I went to work. I was established. I went to work. I did what he told me. I labored abundantly, he says. I didn't just accept that and take it for granted and say, thank you, Jesus, and I'm going to sit, uh, sit on the chair and not do anything at all. He says, I went to work. I labored more abundantly. And he said it was the grace of God that gave me the strength to do that. That's the breakdown of this particular verse. Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, he says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There it is. That's the grace of God. The redemption that Jesus Christ gives us. Allows us to be established in the grace of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 2, he says, But whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith into his grace. You see, the grace of God and being established in his grace are two different things. They're two different things. The grace of God is the opportunity. The grace of God is that we as human beings have an opportunity to be saved. 
That he said it before us. And he said, if you choose to do this and follow me and accept me and obey me, you can be saved. Being established in the, faith, in the, in the grace is that we are obedient to that. Is that we take the gift that God has set before us and we take it and we accept it. And we go to work like Paul went to work. We are obedient. And so if I had to say what is the key takeaway to understanding how to be established with grace, it's that one must have a working faith and be obedient because we have access by faith into his grace. It all comes back to being obedient, making good decisions, obeying what God has said for us to do. The second word that the Bible associates with being established is to be established in truth. Truth. Well, what is the truth? It's an interesting concept in today's day and age, isn't it? People want to say, my truth, your truth. Those things can't be two different things because the definition of truth is that it is, it is simply what is true. Two things that... Uh, oppose one another can't both be true Peter puts it like this in 2nd Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though you know them and be established in the present truth well, I had to read that several times it really caught my attention because what was the past truth if this was the present truth well just means that this was just the, those two words associated with one another just means that they were at that time established in the truth. He's talking to Christians. Peter is talking to Christians here and he acknowledges that and he says I know that you know these things. What has he just told them here? He says add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. We've heard a lot of sermons on those things through the years, and rightfully so, because Peter said, I get it. I know that you know these things, but I am never going to be negligent to put you in remembrance of that, to remind you time after time after time. Why? Because it makes you established, established in the truth. He said, I realize you're established now, but if you go on and read the next chapter of 2 Peter, he starts to talk about, false teachers and false doctrines and the prevalence of those things. And Peter wanted to make sure they remembered. He wanted to make sure they stayed established, that that root system was deep and strong and that they're following the truth. And what was the truth? It was add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and so on and so forth. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the doctrines that Christ taught, that the apostles taught that were confirmed by the Holy Spirit, that were written down in a book that we can pick up and read and refer to. That's the truth. Brother Pat talked about our trust in the Scriptures and in the, in the inspired Word of God last week. It's the truth. And the only way to be established in the truth is to establish yourself in that Word, to know it, to understand it, to live by it. John 8 and verse 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 17 and 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God, the word of Christ. 
We can be sanctified in that. We can be established in that. That's going to make us strong. That's going to lead to us not being tossed to and fro, not chasing this false doctrine over here and that false doctrine over there, but knowing what the word is and what the truth is and being established in that. I love the words of the first psalm. In Psalm 1 and verse number 2 it says, But his delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We're just like a plant. We're just like that established tree by the river that's got that root system that's not going to push it over. It's not going to move. It's going to take something significant to move it, and it's going to be able to withstand all these strong things. Being established in truth means that we have a firm understanding of the Word of God, that we're not prone to chase after false doctrines. And if I was to give you a key takeaway for this particular point, it's that being established in truth means, number one, we know the truth, number two, we obey the truth, and number three, like Peter said, we do not forget the truth, that we're put in remembrance of it over and over and over. We're not negligent to remind ourselves and to be reminded of that. I need you to remind me of the truth. And you need me to remind you of the truth. We need to help one another know and be established in the truth. The third word that the Bible associates with the word established is being established in the faith. And it puts it like this in Acts chapter 16 and verse 5. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. The churches of the first century... In the book of Acts, as Paul went around and preached and the apostles went around and preached, it says that they were established in the faith. Now, I want you to notice the very uh, verse preceding this in Acts 16 and verse 4 because I think it's an important point to realize. What was Paul doing so that the churches could be established in the faith? It says that as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. Paul and the other apostles were going about and they were sharing with them the truth, the word. And once they had become established in the truth and they were following those decrees in the truth, it says that they became established in the faith. Amazing how that happens. It all goes back to good decisions. They saw the word they made the decision to follow the word, and as a result, they were established in the faith. And they weren't shaken from that. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. We're told that we must examine ourselves on a consistent basis. And we use this a lot of times in association with the Lord's Supper, and it's very important there. But It's important daily. That you examine yourself and you ask yourself the question, am I in the faith? Am I established in the faith? Am I following the commands? You see, faith's another one of those funny words that we get mixed up a lot of times. Kind of like grace. We think faith has nothing to do with obedience. Brothers and sisters, faith has everything to do with obedience. Everything to do with obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Are you faithful to your Savior? Are you faithful to God Almighty? Well, the good barometer of knowing whether or not you're faithful to them is if you're obeying them. 
if you're obeying them? Are you doing what they've asked you to do? Are you living how they've asked you to live? It all comes back to obedience, doesn't it? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5 says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Unfeigned, a sincere and unaltering and established faith. Paul looked at Timothy and he says, I can tell you're established. You have an unfeigned, unwavering faith. He said it was taught to you by your mother and your grandmother, and it's in you also. And it meant that he was established. It meant that not only did he know, not only did he obey, not only did he not forget, but he continued. He was steadfast. He didn't waver in that. And that's what being established in the faith means. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 5 through 7. He says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Here's that word again. Rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. To be established in the faith is obedience and it's abounding in that. Abounding therein. Abounding in what? The things you've been taught. The things you've not been negligent to put yourself in remembrance of. He says abound in those things. Continue. Strive. Finally established is associated with the word eternity or eternal life. You see if you're established in grace and in truth and in faith. Then you're establishing yourself to have eternal life. In eternity. Romans chapter 2 and verse 7. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing. Seek for glory and honor and immortality. Eternal life. He says very simply. If you take and by patient continuance. You do well. And you seek to glorify God. And honor God. And gain immortality. He says to them. He's going to grant eternal life. To lay hold on that eternal life. To be established in it. To have it. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art called. And hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. He says lay hold on that eternal life. Grab it. Be established in it. Where no one can take that away from you. Isn't that the goal of every one of us here today? I don't suppose you would be here if you didn't have some expectation of eternal life. That's what it's all about. Gaining eternal life, laying hold on it, being established in it. 1 John 5 and 13, These things have I written unto you that ye believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You can know 
that you have eternal life. And that's not being boastful in yourself. That's not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. That's trusting God. God said, if I do this, then this. That's faith. If I do this, then I get this, and I believe God will follow through on that. He said, you can lay hold on eternal life. 2 Peter 1 and verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, this all fits within that context of several verses that we've looked at in 2 Peter. Being established in truth, not following after those false teachers, adding to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and so on and so forth. He said if you do those things, an entrance will be or shall be ministered unto you. You can have eternal life. He goes on to say you'll make your calling and your election sure. You'll firm that up. You'll be established in salvation and having eternal life. Paul knew that he had. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. What's the common theme of all these things and being established? Not rocket science. I'm not up here telling you something that's profound and and unheard of before, anything like that. There's commonalities and established in grace and truth and faith and eternity. You'll look and see the word obey trickle down through there. If we're going to be established in grace, it takes obedience to accept the gift. The gift's there. God's grace is to everyone. It's been extended to every human being that's ever lived since the time of Christ. Grace has been extended, and it sits there, and it waits. The Bible says to have access to that grace, we must have faith. And to have faith, we prove our faith through obedience. Obedience is important. To be established in truth, we have to know the truth. And then we have to obey the truth. It's not enough just to know it. I know a lot of things. Unfortunately, I don't always obey all those things in the Word of God. I don't always make the best decisions. To be established in truth is knowing the truth and obeying. It's making those good decisions. And finally, it's not forgetting. Man, how easy it is to forget. And Peter said, I'm going to remind you. And if we were to read more there in those verses in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter said, I'm going to remind you until the day that I die. I'm going to remind you and remind you. Until the day that I die. He he thought it was that important. Being established in faith is knowing, obeying, and continuing. Continuing in that. And being established in eternity, really the only difference there is that you do it until the end. You do it until the end. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. I've continued on and on and on. He said, because of that, the crown is there. It awaits me. In the book of Revelation, it puts it like this. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. So as we wrap things up, are you established with grace? That question's so important. As Brother 
Britt put it so eloquently this morning, it's the biggest decision, the best decision that you'll ever make. To be established with grace. And that's not looking up at God and saying, let your grace flow on me. That's just not what it is. That's not praying some prayer and asking Christ to come into your heart. That's just not what it is. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you're going to be established in His grace, that you must receive the blood of Jesus. That it's the blood of Jesus that sanctifies. It's the blood of Jesus that washes away sin. And to be in contact with the blood of Jesus, the Bible tells us we must obey the gospel. Buried with Him in baptism, that you may be resurrected with Him again. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Have you done that? If not, you're not established with grace. Your life's in danger. You don't have the root system you need. You're not rooted and grounded and settled. Are you established in the truth? Do you spend time every day in God's word? Do you know the truth so that the truth can set you free? The Bible says know the truth and the truth should set you free. If you don't know it, it can't set you free. Why? Because you have to, if you're going to obey something, you have to know about it. Do you remind yourselves of all facets of the gospel message? Do you remind yourself of how to live day by day by day? Do you remind your friends? Do you remind your loved ones? Are you like Peter? I'm going to do it till the day that I die so that we can be established, so that we're not moved. Are you established in faith? Is obedience to God second nature at this point in your life? You know, really, if we're established in the faith and we make those good decisions on a consistent basis, the good decision should become the easy decision. To get up on Sunday morning and come to the assembly of the church should be the easy decision, not the hard decision. To spread the gospel should be the easy decision, not the hard decision. To not go out and drink and party should be the easy decision, not the hard decision. That's established in the faith, not blown around with the wind. Established. Can you walk out of here tonight, out those back doors, knowing that you have eternal life, that it is yours? That if a truck hits you right out here when you pull out the gate, you have eternal life. Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? That's what it's about at the end of the day. Having eternal life. Established in that. Knowing that the crown awaits. Knowing it's yours. If for some reason you don't know, and you can't answer that question in the the affirmative tonight, let's do something about it. Let's make an adjustment. You can come and we can help you obey the gospel if you haven't done that. You can come and we can pray for you if that's what, we, what you need. We can help you get established. That's what the church is for. The church was founded for the sole purpose of establishing Christians. Making them strong. Making them where they didn't waver. Making them where they didn't have to battle those battles so d- difficultly. Making it to where the right decision was the easy decision. That's what the church is about. Let us help you today. 
Let us do for you what the church was meant to do. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.